1: Hello there. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. They will give you 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. Michael Normanson's with me. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Nearing the end of part one of our journey through the 1990-1991 season here on the Matchball 30. We're doing a matchball on the 30th anniversary celebrating the games that took us on the journey from promotion in 1990, to lift in the league title in 1992. And we're clinging on to the slimmest of hopes for Europe now after losing that game to uh, to Liverpool. It's right there, just out of reach. Because this is game 34 of our 38 this season. But let's look at this number.
0: 56 games we've played this season and there's still a month left. We've been busy. If European qualification was down to effort, I mean, we've not been slacking.
2: We've done it all without a left
1: back, apart from Mike Whitlow.
0: Can't say just be <laughs> well, be careful.
1: Mike can't carry the whole team, can he? That's the thing. No, can't he, carry the whole he missed team.
0: a lot of the season with his uh, his brain injury,
1: didn't he? So, and we're off the back of two consecutive defeats here. We won those three on the bounce against Chelsea, Sunderland, and Wimbledon, but then we've slipped out of form, losing at home to Manchester City when perhaps we shouldn't, uh, losing at home to Liverpool when it could anything could have happened. Quite but, frankly, did you see the second half? We are bang in form.
0: <laughs> yeah. It still has that weird feeling about it a, a defeat that almost felt like a win just because it was such a spectacular match
1: and I dare say with it being only four days ago the adrenaline hasn't subsided yet but it does feel like we need to get back to winning ways as we go to uh, to Loftus Road Leeds team for this one then Lukic, Sterland Sir Michael Whitlow Chris Fairclough Chris White David Batty Gordon Strack and Gary McAllister Gary Speed Carl Schutt Lee Chapman with the subs Andy Williams and Bobby Davison full strength then to all intents and purposes Leeds United there QPR lineup. then. We met him earlier in the season. Is he the communist? The communist in the goal, The communist. Yep. Spreading his poison around West London. Jan Stajkal, David Bardsley, Andrew Tilson, Darren Peacock, Alan McDonald, Rufus Brevitt, Danny Maddox, Simon Barker, Andy Sinton,
0: Ray Wilkins and Roy Weggerly up front. Manager, Don Howe, once of this parish. Yeah, he was assistant manager for a while under uh, Jimmy looked, um They were quite a resplendent pair in their uh, Admiral track suits under... Uh, suit jackets quite often
2: if we're talking resplendent I don't think Darren Peacock played in the first game did he certainly didn't jump out at me and the reason I've looked him up this time is because of that I'm just showing to the to the group I here
0: I remember it vividly Darren
2: He's, Peacock's mullet which like, was uh, you
1: say I always remember sort of more of a long flowing kind of Vidal Sassoon type appearance at Newcastle
2: yeah by Newcastle it was a more standard ponytail and sort of thing wasn't it and I will just long behind him but this is it's very much mullet still at this stage
0: I think he used to just let it go free the way we wish Luke Ayling would maybe send Luke Ayling some pictures of uh, Darren Peacock and say look this is who you could be
1: so coming into this game then QPR they had been in decent form unbeaten in 12 but then went and lost 2-1 to Sheffield United at the weekend and Sheffield United are rubbish
0: don't forget yeah the shame of it they beat us in the league of course Roy Waggley scored that reasonable uh, goal um, but when they were missing some players with injuries we we beat them 3-0 as part of our near conquering of the Zenith Data Systems Cup
1: and alas today wasn't to be our day it was to be three defeats
0: on the bounce down to earth and then a little bit more we started alright Shorten Chapman in the first half Short's been really good during this run of games and he was um, busy again and Strachan obviously he was Strachan and David is working hard in in the midfield but it feels like the referee just wanted to get himself involved in this one.
1: Ref by John Carter who's a name I don't remember. I do remember some of the names that have stood out from this era but this ain't one of them.
0: No, and he was being properly fussy about free kicks being taken. Like We know how Leeds like to take a real quick free kick and keep the, the game going but if it was like two yards out of place you had to have it taken again and all this kind of stuff.
1: You have to remember this was an era where Refs were less chummy with players as they tend to be now in the modern era. And there was more that kind of old school FA, wearing the right tie, schoolmasterly approach towards refereeing games.
2: And they weren't professional. In the Liverpool game, the start of that, I think it said he's a he owned a successful jewellery business, I think it said, for the referee at that time. So people did have, they were just doing it as a bit of part-time work, weren't they, these referees? Doing well, it for we, a laugh.
0: If we want to deal with uh, referee John Carter's actual full-time job, uh, which does feel relevant... For what's about to happen. He is secretary of the Bournemouth Football Association. Now, hmm. why, Let's do, think why does back that, w- that word, months. yeah, Bournemouth, why does that stick in the memory? Why would their football association perhaps have some issues with Leeds United Football Club? We did them a banner. <laughs>
2: That's enough, isn't it? We've said sorry. I'm sorry if you were offended by this.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry if you were offended by your town getting smashed
2: up. <laughs> Do you still have to keep going on about it?
1: Just for the record, I'm laughing at Michael making a joke about that, not about the destroyed
2: town of Bournemouth. Well, John Carter needs to he needs to do his job properly, though, and he doesn't appear
1: to have done in this game.
0: Yeah, Leeds wanted a throw-in. QPR got the throw-in. This is just before the hour, and it all went wrong.
1: Not for Carter. They was dancing <laughs> around celebrating this. Who was the dickhead who, who celebrated when one of the goals went in? Was that Mike... Uh, what's his face?
2: Was, was that Jeff Winter, or was it Mike Reed? I can't remember. Not the Frank Butcher, Mike Reid, either the
1: other one. Yeah, he'd have been pleased with this, with his twirly bow tie. (laughs) He'd have been refereeing this one. Uh, Yeah, it did go wrong. How did it go wrong? The best player in the world scored again.
2: He's not done it uh, for anyone else, against anyone else this season particularly. He doesn't look that brilliant, but against Leeds for some reason, Roy Wegerley, him and John Barnes, the two best players in the division, it seems.
0: It's quite different to his goal at Road, where he beat our entire team, dribbling around them all. This one is... uh just forcing his way into the penalty area for a cross, isn't he? Still
2: nicely taken though, because it's, it's headed down to him from the edge of the box and he's got, I think it's Fairclough and Sterling, he's wedged in the middle of him and he managed to take a touch and then score with the outside of his right foot. It is,
1: it is still nicely taken. It does take it nicely, but from a Leeds point of view, you want your defenders there to do better. He shouldn't be getting in there, I don't
0: think.
2: And he shouldn't be winning header on the edge of the box either.
0: This has all come from a throw-in that Leeds players felt should have been given to us and um, Gordon Strachan... Uh, went and decided to continue his discussion about that throw-in with the referee. I mean, as the appointed team, Captain Shulley is allowed to do that. Well, as the appointed referee, the representative of the Bournemouth Football Association thought otherwise. What did he
2: do, the swine? Foul and abusive language, apparently, which doesn't sound like Gordon Strachan to me. He can be quite cutting and quite direct and sarcastic at points, but I don't think being sarcastic is a, is a crime, is it?
0: His first ever red card in his long-distinguished international career. He's played at World Cups as Gordon Strachan and now this little no-mark bastard from Bournemouth is waving a red card at him, ordering him off the pitch. And and remember at this time, sendings off are still quite rare. So the back pages the next day, pictures of Gordon Strachan walking off at Loftus Road beneath the headline, Night of Shame.
1: Yeah, it's not like your ten-a-penny red cards nowadays when Liam Cooper does a perfectly fine tackle, only <laughs> breaks Jesus a little bit. Only smashed his knee a wee bit. Yeah, the the red card was, it was, again, going back to it's the old school gentlemanly uh, perception of football that trickled down through the ages of you. You don't get sent off in a football match. You basically have to commit murder to do that.
0: And it keeps going because um, then in the next few minutes, then Carl Shutt gets booked for dissent. Chris White gets booked for ungentlemanly conduct. And um, after the game, Mel Stirland and Howard Wilkinson both got reported to the FA for the language they used towards John Carter. I mean, there's a common denominator here and it's John Carter. <laughs> he, he needs to maybe wonder why people keep using foul and abusive language towards him. And, um, and then just to top it all off and prove that this is not our night, but straight after all this has gone on, 64 minutes, so the goal was 58 minutes, 64 minutes, Mike Whitlow uh, suffers a broken ankle Man, it has to be carried off the curse of the number three shirt struck again and it's the one that I mean struck and sent off Whitlow broken ankle half the players booked everybody's angry there's still 25 minutes to play but it, it's one of those nights we just feel like oh should we just call it a night now yeah there's no
1: you, you just know you get a sense don't you on the terraces here when this is gone there's just no way back into this everything the fates the ref everything's conspired against us
2: Mike Whitlow going off it should be game postponed the psychological impact that's going to have on the players. You need to just, just call it, come back another day or just award it to, to QPR and admit that there's more at stake than a game of football
0: And he did play very well against Liverpool in the second half. He was, um, when he was kind of moving into midfield and stuff, he was on—he was one of the, the standout Leeds players in that game. So this is annoying that just when our left-backs start looking like they're really coming into some form, something happens to now after Peter Haddock as well to basically break the legs and it's not a, it's not a good thing
2: Do we know who it was that did it?
0: No the the swine
2: Was it John Carter? The
0: referee <laughs> Stamped smashed on his, uh, smashed his ankle but yeah the whole thing I mean the, the way the game ends is just you know that sort of thing's coming don't you? Yeah well we'll get to the, the second
1: goal in a second just worth saying that Strach's red card ultimately curtails his season by a couple of games doesn't it? He? he misses the last two against Sheffield United at home and then Nottingham Forest away so he'll only feature in uh, the Derby and Villa fixtures subject to fitness obviously I mean given
2: there's not an awful lot to play for after this game maybe it's for the best give Strachan a little rest he's played a lot of football in the last two years and he's he's knocking on
1: yeah north of 60 games it'll be um, by the time we get to the uh, to the end of the season uh, Simon Barker with the second goal two minutes from time just the final nail in the coffin really it's a fucking foul as well
2: very clearly a, a barge into were. Uh, is it Williams has come on at this point yeah. and gets gets shoved in the back and he goes on and scores but John Carter of course must have been looking the other way when
1: that one occurred and uh, the VAR at that point in 1991 headquartered in uh, Pool in uh, in Dorset uh, where they would uh, agree young Peter Walton there saying yes I agree with whatever uh, has been said by the referee on the night etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah game over 2-0, three defeats on the bounce what was the
0: reaction? Well nothing from Howard Or his players, Howard Wilkinson, just got everybody on the bus and drove back to Leeds, banned them from saying anything about any of it. And the next day, there was no comment replied to Don Waters in the paper. And obviously, Gordon Strachan has his weekly column in the Yorkshire Evening Post. And at the end of that, when that was out on Saturday morning, after the Saturday following this game, had a little note at the end saying, Gordon Strachan is not addressing the subject of his red card. This week on instructions from Howard Wilkinson not to discuss the matter. I think it's fair to say Howard isn't happy. Don Howe was fine though. Bright and breezy was Howe. He's always been a funny fella, Don Howe. Kind of a forgotten figure of English football because he was always a, a coach or an assistant to everybody. But I quite enjoyed his assessment of the red card. Was uh, Gordon had had a bit of a do with the referee just before the sending off. And I suppose the ref kept seeing this ginger-haired little lad in front of him all the time. And in the end, he said, that's enough.
2: You can tell how old Don Howe is by this point, because he's referring to veteran Gordon Strachan as a little lad in the way that I now consider 30-year-old Tom Lees to still be a little lad.
0: Selling a little or a lot?
1: Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't
0: stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Worth saying that we went into this game off the back of Manchester United beating lowly Derby County last night. So we actually find ourselves in fifth off the back of this defeat which ain't great not good for our uh, our bid for Europe
0: and Crystal Palace beat Tottenham 1-0 so they're, they're now six points ahead of us with 12 left to play for the European Dream well this is all ahead of the uh, the meeting that finally ended it all for us the, the hopes of Europe are over for this season
1: Is it time to get Eddie Gray in and play the kids will Wilco out? Well I mean do you not think there's a, a a slim hope here when you look at our run-ins we've got Derby away, Villa at home, Sheffield United at home, Forrest away. Three struggling sides before we uh, faced Forrester who were in mid-table. Palace, Everton at home, Liverpool away, Wimbledon away, and Man United at home. I think we've got the better run in there. Can we claw it back?
0: Well, the problem is UEFA have decided in their wisdom that uh, despite the reunification of Western East Germany after David Hasselhoff brought down the Berlin Wall, they are still regarded as separate countries By UEFA, meaning East Germany still have their own four clubs in European competitions. And that, because now Liverpool have also at the same meeting been readmitted to European competitions, means we will only have the champions go into the European Cup, the FA Cup winners go into the European Cup Winners' Cup, and Liverpool, for finishing second, will go into the UEFA Cup. And finishing third gets. You, nothing. ah. So even if we do manage to overhaul Scum and Palace, there's nothing in it for us apart from Pride.
1: Yeah, originally Liverpool were slated to be banned from Europe for even longer, weren't they? But it was dropped down to an additional year following the Heysel disaster. We'd obviously all returned as a nation uh, the year before, but they were given an additional ban. But in lifting that ban... It means they're taking one of the places. Was yeah. it lifted because they were judged to be such a special club?
0: Yes. And the idea was that because that wasn't the state of play at the start of the season that readmitted them now meant well, there should be an extra place for English teams because they didn't expect Liverpool to be taking one of yeah, the places. If
1: you think you can get in at third and suddenly third is taken away, it's changed how you're going to approach things, hasn't but it? But
0: in UEFA's assessment is that it's more important for East Germany to retain four places in European competitions despite having rejoined uh, with West Germany it's almost like they want the Cold War to continue and Leeds not to be in Europe those two those are clearly UEFA's two aims so is this the point where we officially say Europe it's not going to happen
1: as much as we might want it to with that running and everything it's not happening is it? Is it? it's not happening maybe Ireland in pre-season but we do have some beautiful good news to counteract the state of, uh, of European competition Ooh. what a scorcher
0: it's probably a good job This has happened uh, after we can't get into Europe anymore because Gary Speed's got the time to be going off doing uh, photo shoots for his modelling career. That's not going to help us get into Europe, is it?
1: Signed up to the Lynn Kelly Model Agency, which I have looked up since. It's dissolved. (laughs) No longer going. Um, But you can find some, uh, if you Google Lynn Kelly Model, you can find some photos from various clients that they had during like the 80s and stuff, and it's an absolute... Brilliant find, looking at all the hairdos and the stylings. Any as handsome as Gary Speed? None, none whatsoever. 21 years old here, absolutely beautiful. I look at him and see a beautiful man there. Women wanted to be with him, men wanted to be him. That was about the size of it. Look at him. He does
0: look great in what seems to be an open neck. Is it a denim shirt? It looks to be denim, yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost uh, unbuttoned. Not quite to the navel. It's not indecent.
1: It's, It's certainly past, I think it's past nipple level, but obviously no nipple is on show. It's just a plunging neckline, isn't it?
0: But uh, Lynn says he's got a great future in modelling, but the football has to come first. He's got nothing to worry about, about any ribbing from his teammates. The rest of the lads have done a few charity fashion shows, so they know what modelling's all about. Gordon Strachan and uh, <laughs> Mervin Day. <laughs> Clearly, they're, uh, they've all strutted on the catwalk for charity, and this is exactly the same.
2: Lee Chapman fancies himself as a... Quite an urbane kind of gentleman, doesn't he? I think he'll probably be a little bit annoyed that he's not he's not been invited. Think- I mean, admittedly, his face is still absolutely in tatters <laughs> after after scraping it along a, a cinder track earlier in the season.
1: But I, I always had sort of Chapman maybe as he'd, he'd own a vineyard, but he'd open it up for tours, that kind of thing. That seems like his kind of bag.
0: He did on bars, didn't he? And- Teatro was the one in Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah And they're still, I think they're still going. Um, him and uh, his uh, celebrity wife. I mean, well, his more famous the wife. In many ways, the Leslie Ash was in Quadrophenia and and on the telly all the time. Lee Chapman's just some no-mark footballer who happened to marry her. Although age thirty-one, his career is still in the ascendancy. Well, I mean, this is a um, as uh, Howard Wilkinson says, it has come as a complete surprise to him, bearing in mind his age, but it is well deserved and proves that life does not end at thirty. He's Thank had a call God. up. <laughs> Thank God. He's had a call up for England B to play Iceland on April the 27th. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're worried about crossing the, the threshold to 30 years of age, do not worry. You too could still be called up for England B.
2: England B used to be a thing, because it doesn't exist anymore, does it? England B used to be a thing where they'd put people who didn't quite make it in the England squad and then they'd more or less completely disregard it. If you could you could score a hat-trick for England B and everyone yeah. went, ah,
1: it's if B. You'd be too old for the under-21s, but not quite good enough for the England A team I presume they were known as then Mm. so you got a a go with the B team which I do wonder what happened to B team internationals I know we we addressed this earlier in the season but even as time has gone on I've got an answer to
0: this question why did it stop being a thing I think there are still some countries that use them but England is not one of them and I think it's probably because of the absolute whinging that you got from the likes of Alex Ferguson that you dare suggest that one of his precious players plays in a game that he, he doesn't have to and an England B international, you know, he's not going to let Lee Sharp get involved in something in that kind of nonsense too often. Neil Webb got sent off and that awful tackle in Algeria, risking his legs, and for what England B. So you know, you know, it's just not going to not going down well. Whereas Howard Wilkinson recognises that uh, because you do get it's the full England, um, it's not the full England coaching. Set up, but Graham Taylor will be watching it and you, it is England international coaches taking the game. It's almost like a trial match to all intents and purposes, yeah. isn't it? It's like it's sort of a, a version of an international setup, just it's not the full squad. So you get to experience and you see how the players react in an international setting for an international training meetup and then an international so It's
2: almost like Carabao Cup game these yeah. days when you just go, well. Wow.
1: We could fuck about yeah. a bit.
0: And it's at Vicarage Road instead of Wembley. <laughs> Your perfect example of what
1: would have happened this season is that Bamford and Luke Haling would have got England interna- uh, be international honours
0: Yeah, if you were to a player. And that's... we would have had the photos, as we will hopefully when Lee Chapman plays this game, of Luke Ayling and Pat Bamford in England kits. Because it's a proper, you know, it's not like when it was schoolboy internationals and they wanted some knockoff with a crisp advert on it. It's the proper England kit. And... Shirts
2: have got the tags cut out like they're from Reedman's shop seconds <laughs> Could Maya, you...
0: I had a, an England kit at this time and if you remember it's the world. It's still the World Cup 1990 kit with the, the diamonds on the, the sleeves mine had squares
1: <laughs> oh it bless was, you it was close but can, not quite can I make a confession about that out of those three England kits because they were identical there was the white the red and the sky blue and they were all the same with that, that diamond pattern I had the red one
2: filthy scum bastard
1: I just liked it
2: they were all quite nice actually those mm. kits
1: the
0: new order kits, the world in motion kits, is how the way you'll spot them. But yeah, so Lee Chapman will be um, wearing that. David Batty is also in the squad. Could you imagine the outcry if
1: we had Twitter thirty years ago in the way that people, you know, wring their hands and squeal about um, people getting called up for the full England international squad? Now take Calvin Phillips as a perfect example of this. Lee Chapman being called up for England B, and even David Batty to an extent. Uh, he's just a thug. Oh, he's just a big donkey. It'd have been absolutely unbearable. Thirty-one-year-old,
0: six-foot-four striker. I mean, he's the top scorer in the country, certainly in the first division. He's closing in on thirty goals now, isn't he? Yeah, and he was interviewed it, quite amusingly just before this was announced when there was some talk of, like, should Chapman play for England? And he said he's not really thinking about it because, as far as he's concerned, he's, he's too old, and it's it's very unlikely that somebody of his age and somebody of his kind of his style of play. Is going to get themselves into the England setup at this stage in their careers. Boom! Two days later, England B call up,
2: and it is Graham Taylor in charge at this point, and he does he does like a big man.
0: It's pretty much between him, Lee Chapman, and uh, Alan Smith of Arsenal, who's leading him in the first division. Lee goals only. Alan Smith has scored more, but he's kind of a a slightly more mobile, younger version of how Lee Chapman plays. But it's still just the same thing: be a big man, get the flick-ons, and then finish. It looks like we're going to be
1: recruiting him a sidekick for the 1991-1992 season. Um, We've been mentioning quite a lot of names over the course of this season, various targets to play off uh, Lee Chapman, and one in particular has now come on the radar.
0: I I wouldn't mind it if we signed him, actually. He was on the radar at the the start of the season. He's been a little bit like Peter Beardsley. His name has just never gone away. And now that uh, Derby County are virtually confirmed as relegated, their chairman, the famous pensions thief and part-time sailor, Robert Maxwell, has announced that Dean Saunders and also their defender, Mark Wright, the uh, England centre-back, are both for sale. So Dean Saunders is now definitely available for £2 million. That's a lot of money though. That is a lot of money. Be our record signing. Our record is a million for McAllister and Lukic. Not each. We paid a million each and it was Lukic first. So we'd have to double that, but I don't think a player's ever going to go for two
1: million quid, Moscow. That seems a little bit fanciful.
0: The bubble,
2: the bubble has to burst, doesn't it, at some yeah, point? And these transfer fees can't keep going like this.
0: It's fanciful. That's doubling our record. Christ. But then you've got other teams sniffing around like uh, Arsenal and Liverpool who have just, Graham Souness has just taken over as their new manager. They're both after him and probably have the, the resources, especially with them both being in Europe. So they'll be getting the extra TV money and also the, the gate receipts from... European matches at their stadiums. So they'll maybe be able to push to that two million pound mark. Poor old Carl Schutt.
2: Oh bless. Having to read about himself being replaced every single week.
1: That's football though. Mind you, you look at the figures that Dean Saunders is churning out scoring what? More than half of Derby's total goals. And that's that's something we'd like to add to our side, surely. Yeah,
0: he scored fourteen goals in the league for a club that is I don't I can't remember exactly how many they've scored, but if that's more than half, they have not scored more than twenty eight. So, if you imagine how awful a team that has scored twenty-eight goals in thirty-four matches must be to get fourteen of them yourself, it's not bad going. Can
2: see it working well with Chapman as well. there would be a nice, a nice combination there,
0: and maybe Gary Speed as well. Talking together on the uh, the Welsh international trips to encourage him life in uh, in Yorkshire. Could drive up there. Could Dean. Well, if he does, let's encourage him to do it responsibly
1: because that's the kind of player we want to attract to Elland Road. Sensible ones,
0: and not players who'll be adding to our shameful disciplinary record that we suddenly seem to have acquired in in one night in QPR. So while we are currently sitting
1: fifth then after this round of fixtures, things feel generally all right. As a first season back, plenty to be proud of. We've got Arsenal top of the division, played 34, 73 points. Liverpool have a game in hand on them. They've got 67 points. Uh, Crystal Palace 34 with 62 points. Man United have played 34-55. We've got the same record. They're just ahead of us slightly on on goal difference. Three better off than we are at the moment. So it's a gap we can close. We'll be all right. We'll finish ahead of those scumbags, won't we? Of course we will. That's the target now. Finish ahead of the City of Manchester. Well, Man City are sixth and a couple of points behind us. Same games played, Wimbledon. Same games played on 51. So four behind us. Heading towards the end of the season. Only a few fixtures left. And a win coming up next. You would assume so, wouldn't you? Because Derby are in the pits of despair, already relegated, as Moscow said, or thereabouts. If not already, it'll be a, it'll be happening.
0: And we get to run the rule over our potential new striker. So it's to the
1: baseball ground next, then back to Ellen Road for our final two home fixtures of the season. As we mentioned, Villa and Sheffield United before we finish the season at the city ground, Nottingham Forest on the 11th of May. It's been all right though, hasn't it? We've done all right. It's been a good season. It's been good. I think we could have done
2: without some of those cup games, but other than that, it's been good.
0: And there's probably still some fun to be had now the pressure is off of trying to win a cup or get into Europe. Let's just enjoy it now.
1: We'll try our very best. Thanks for joining us on this one. We'll return in a few days as we head to Derbyshire. The Matchball.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.